BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do is answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that. Free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, and 15 gigs of data and a mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash jesse and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Again, go to puretalk.com slash jesse to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it, until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one, get two, be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE that gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE. A governor is finally opening up until the president kneecapped him. We still have foreign enemies. China and Iran are still out there. And finally, a football story. All that's coming up right now on I'm Right.
I have this amazing theory. You probably have heard me say it before, but I'm going to tell you again because it's going to tie into everything we're talking about right now, about our, well, current state of our country. Let's say you have the ancient Roman gladiatorial games. You know what I'm talking about, right? You've all seen the movie Gladiator. It's kind of like that, pretty much exactly like that. Stabbing each other, cutting each other's heads off. And there was more. They would execute prisoners. They'd torture them in front of everybody. They would fight animals, slice off their heads. The animals would kill them sometimes. It was the bloodiest, goriest, most horrific thing you could possibly imagine. Lay out everything that would absolutely horrify you. And it was all there on display. And the stands were packed. The Romans loved it. Loved it. And do you think Romans were different than you and me? Or were they kind of doing the human thing? So let's fast forward to 2020 here in the United States of America. And let's say, purely hypothetical, somebody, some billionaire steps up and says, we are going to do one, just one, ancient Roman gladiatorial combat here in the United States of America. I've already rented out this football stadium. It's going to be on pay-per-view, and they're doing it all. There's no safety precautions. It's swords and spears and necks and people getting their heads cut off and guts laying on the ground and animals. Oh, you know about animals nowadays. You can't touch one. We're going to be flogging baby seals out there in the middle of it and stabbing lions. We're going to haul out a bunch of prisoners on death row and torture them to death in front of the crowd. What do you think the response would be from the media in the United States? From every writer? What well, you know what it would be, right? Oh, my God. We can't do this. What is this barbarism? We can't let this happen. This is America. What are we not? This is insane. And it would be endless. It would be endless. It would be every single news story. This would be the biggest story in the world. And they'd beat it to death and beat it to death and beat it to death about how horrific it is. And then finally, as, as you know, an extra effort to try to get this thing stopped, what would they do? They'd start polling it. They'd start interviewing you and me. And after telling the whole world that this is barbarism, this is evil, we're practically the Nazis, this is the worst thing in the world, then they stick a camera in your face and they say, hey, Bill, what do you think about the gladiatorial games? And you go, uh, uh, oh, I hate them. I think it's terrible. And everybody would. Every poll, 99% of Americans on the newest Rasmussen poll say that they are against the gladiatorial games. They should be stopped. You wouldn't be able to find somebody who said, oh, oh, this is awesome. Not one. And it would shatter every single pay-per-view record there's ever been. Everyone. The biggest title fight you've ever seen, it would shatter them all. As people hid in their homes and... You know them, right? Why? Because people don't necessarily change the things they love, the things they hate, the things they believe. People just learn to shut up about it especially in these days when we live in a shame society. Why do you think Donald Trump won the last election when every single poll had him down to Hillary Clinton? Now, not significantly down, two, three points, but down. Down in every single poll, Donald Trump was down. Well, people I've talked to have done exit polls from that election. They say 30%, 30% of Donald Trump's voters did not tell family and friends they were voting for Donald Trump. Well, why not? Well, we had the media. 
We had the media sitting there every single day. There's a new story. There's these women. They're accusing Trump of this. And Trump's the devil. Trump's evil. Trump's racist. Trump, 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 Trump. And you have to go to your neighborhood party. And there's always that one lived there. I hope you're not voting for Trump or you're a Nazi. And eventually you just say, uh, you know what? Yeah, I'm not voting for Trump. Go Hillary. Go Hillary. Donald Trump. The silent majority was real, and it's more real now than it's ever been because we live in a shame society. Well, I'm about to tell you something, and you're not going to like it. So here we go. You ready? Pull up a chair. The new silent majority is unemployed people. I know we have a new poll out every single day. 65% of Americans, 85% of Americans... They want to stay locked down. 70% of Americans say stay locked down. Okay. What's every single news report been about? You're all going to die. Everybody's going to die. You're going to die. I'm going to die. Everyone's going to die of coronavirus. If you want to leave your home, you, have, you want other people to die. If you want to go back to work, you want other people to die. If I see you within five feet of your neighbor, you want people to die. That's, you want people to die unless you hide in your house. And so people are shutting up. But people, we have... We have over 4 million new unemployment claims again. That puts us at 26 million officially, which everybody with a brain knows. That puts us well over 30 million Americans unemployed. Now, do you know who decides elections? I know you're going to find this shocking, and you know what? This hurts to hear. I don't like thinking about this, but as as amazingly powerful as I am, I actually don't decide elections. I won't decide the next presidential election. I'm voting for Donald Trump. Tell you right now. You. You're watching my show. You're not going to decide the next election. Either you're watching because you hate me or you're watching because you love me. But you know who you're voting for. The people who decide elections are the swing voters in swing states. Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, states like that. Voters who, listen to me, this is real. Voters who voted for Barack Obama twice and then in 2016 voted for donald trump and i can already hear what you're saying right now jesse what are those people idiots trump's nothing like obama look that's fine i agree with you I, i think it's crazy i don't know why that person does what they do but i know that person does do it they do that person 2020 rolls around they go out to the polls this is not a person who's hardcore on the right or hardcore on the left Clearly, they don't pay a ton of attention to politics. Maybe one of those weirdos, I just vote on kind of personality. And in 2020, that person was going to go to the polls, and they were going to say, ah, I don't love Donald Trump's Twitter account. I know you love it. I know you do. But we're talking about someone else. I don't love Trump's Twitter account. Ah, this, this was kind of dumb. I don't love that. But hey, I'm working. Haven't had steady work like this in a while. Might as well stick with what's working. Now you have 30 million unemployed. You have 50,000. That's the difference between President Hillary Clinton and President Donald Trump. 50,000 votes spread across the Rust Belt swing states. We won by just that much here and just that much there. Just a little bit. Do you think if you have 20 or 30 million unemployed Americans in November that 50,000 of those voters who kind of vote here and there, do you think 50,000 aren't going to flip back? I know you don't love, I don't, you don't love hearing it. I don't love saying it. The thought of President Joe Biden up there with his 
abilities or disabilities, it's horrifying, right? So I'm going to vote for Trump, and I'm going to tell you to vote for Trump. I'm going to work as hard as I can, but I'm telling you right now, coronavirus, no coronavirus, whatever the case may be, if we have 20 or 30 million unemployed Americans walking into the polls in November, you're probably going to have President Joe Biden. If that scares you or that angers you or, or, you're, or you're, Jesse, shut up, I'm not going to shut up. I'm not your mommy. I'm not here to tell you things that you want to hear. I'm telling you reality. And if that scares you, what I just said, and it should, we can't have that bumbling idiot walking in as president of the United States when we're hurting like this, then start letting Donald Trump know. Because clearly, somebody's not letting Donald Trump know. Somebody is not. He's finally, it seemed like, started to be like, okay, we got to get the economy going again. We know we have to get the economy going again. You know what? I'm going to instruct the governors, start opening up the states. Hey, governors, it's on your own. You, you just do what you want, and I'll support you. And finally, we have Governor Kemp come out in Georgia and say, forget about this May 1st crap. My people are hurting. They're unemployed. We're opening up my state. And what does Donald Trump do at the freaking press conference? This is what he does. But you know what? Maybe you wait a little bit longer till you get into a phase two. So do I agree with him? No, but I respect him, and I will let him make his decision. Would I do that? No, I'd keep him a little longer. I want to protect people's lives, but I'm going to let him make his decision. But I told him I totally disagree. Are you freaking kidding me? I totally disagree? Well, I mean, yeah, he can do it, but I totally disagree. I mean, I like him. It's fine. But um, look, I, I want to care about, I, I, I want to protect people's lives. Guess he doesn't. You just slipped a knife into his back as president of the United States of America. And maybe it's all just about the lives at this point in time. Maybe it's Dr. Fauci. Maybe it's, maybe it's one of the other advisors. I don't know what it is. I, I don't know what it is. I'm not inside that White House. But I'm telling you, if you're a Trump supporter, and I am, if you're Donald Trump, if you're Donald Trump's advisors, if you're Donald Trump's relatives, you can all scream at me all you want. If we have 20 or 30 million unemployed Americans in November, bye. Thanks for your one term. So maybe, maybe think about that the next time you slip a knife between the ribs of the next GOP governor who opens up his economy. Sorry. Larry Kudlow, though, he's up there, and businesses aren't going to be held liable if people get sick. Now, businesses, particularly small businesses that don't have massive resources, uh, should not be held liable, uh, should not be held uh, to trial lawyers uh, putting on false lawsuits who will probably be thrown out of court. You've got to give the businesses some confidence here that uh, if something happens, and it may not be their fault. I mean, the, the disease is an infectious disease. Uh, if something happens, uh, you can't take them out of business. You can't throw big lawsuits at them. And I think uh, liability reforms and safeguards are going to be a very important part of this. Uh, yeah, to put it mildly. You see, when you're not only the media, it's not just the left. It's not just China, like we'll talk about later, who, who told everybody they were going to die if they went back to work. Again, this is Trump's administration said the same thing. And now people think that. And we live in a sue-happy United States of America. And people are going to sue. It's not a, well, I hope we pass some liability reform. 
Brother, you better pass some liability reform. Or these companies may just shut their doors. Because if there's anything that can shut down a company, large or small, it's lawsuits. Oh, and I want you to pay attention to this really, really closely. Look who else is really on board with these shutdowns. When we talk about this idea of reopening society, you know, only in America does the president, when the president tweets about liberation, does he mean go back to work? When we, you know, have this discussion about going, going back or reopening, I think a lot of people should just say, no, we're not going back to that. We're not going back to working 70 hour weeks just so that we could put food on the table and not even feel any sort of semblance of security in our lives. If I was somebody on the right, president, state lawmaker, congressman, senator, and I look to my right, and that, that person right there with the IQ of an amoeba was agreeing with my policies, I would start to question my policies. That's just me. I know that probably made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. You know what else makes you uncomfortable? Getting sick. And there's more out there than just the coronavirus. Look, obviously that's a concern. But let's be honest, flu season's coming. Colds. We know everything that's out there. And there isn't always a magic pill. There isn't always a solution. There's not always a vaccine. There's not always a medicine. But what there is is something you have. It's something I have. something everybody has. An immune system. It's right here inside you. You have an immune system. Why not give it a little boost? Why not help it out a little bit? Omega XL, remember that name. It's a natural anti-inflammatory supplement that gives your immune system a boost, meaning you can stop fretting, stop hiding under your bed, get out there and live because your body's ready to fight it. Go to omegaxl.com slash jesse, and when you do that, you will get a free second bottle with your first order. omegaxl.com slash jesse. Well, after that sunny, feel-good opening to the show, allow me to pile on. <laughs> Look, let me just repeat myself. I want four more years of Donald Trump. And I want it because he's accomplished so many of the, th uh, the things I wanted done. I was never a Trump supporter in the primary. I voted for Donald Trump in the general because Hillary Clinton is Hillary Clinton. But he's been awesome. He's been dynamite. He's deregulated the economy. He's been tough on China. He's had a lot better foreign policy, much more in line with my thinking. The economy's been booming. A little tax cut here. The judges have been outstanding. He's been good. Slapping around the media every night. It's been good. I want four more years of Donald Trump. What I'm trying to get across to you is that we won by that much in 2016. It wasn't a landslide. It wasn't some, uh, some uh, you know, indictment on the Democrat Party and their values. It was that close. If Hillary Clinton can manage to stand up on her own and walk into a van instead of being chucked into the back of it, maybe she wins. If Hillary Clinton had any kind of personality at all, maybe she wins. She didn't, yes. But don't let that convince you that this country is some blood-red country now that this country outrightly rejects leftist politics. They do not. It was that close in 2016. And now we're facing, in 2020, 
a time of uncertainty. We are. A time of uncertainty. And what I don't want is apparently what Osama bin Laden did want. And that's Joe Biden as president. Quote, The reason for concentrating on them is that Obama is the head of infidelity and killing him automatically will make Biden take over the presidency. Biden is totally unprepared for that post, which will lead the U.S. into crisis. And while I don't often try to take words of wisdom from Osama bin Laden, may God not rest his soul, everybody can see it. That loser in a cave in Afghanistan can see it. People can see People. Joe Biden cannot be president of the United States, especially during a time of crisis. I know many of you are mad at Trump. I get that. I, I, I see my emails. I understand. I get that. We cannot have this man in charge of a crisis economy. What's happening? We're not organizing. And we don't organize the world. Who organizes it? Who organizes it? And so there's so much, I think, I, anyway, look, I, I one, one, one more question here. Is it too late to address the climate change in a meaningful way? Okay. Um, you know what, guys? If you wouldn't mind, go ahead and run that one more time. And let's, instead of focusing on Biden this time, I want you to look at Al. I clearly invest in tanning beds, Gore. What's happening? We're not organizing, and we don't organize the world. Who organizes it? Who organizes it? And so there's so much, I think, I, anyway, look, I, I, one, one, one more question here. Is it too late to address the climate change in a meaningful way? Al, some SPF 30. Bro, whatever you've got going, either that or get your blood pressure checked because I just about stroked out just watching that. And Joe, it's not aggress climate change. It's address climate change. He can't even talk, people. He cannot even talk. And clearly this is a mental issue. But even if it was just the talking, I understand this sounds like I'm being a big meanie. The president has to be able to communicate clearly. He does. Even ones I disagree with. Barack Obama, I hated virtually everything he did. He could communicate clearly. Donald Trump, maybe you love him, you hate him. He can communicate clearly. Joe Biden ate what uh, the tornadoes, uh, blender, ice cream. It, that man cannot be president of the United States. Get America back to work. Get America back to work right now so we never have to worry about President Joe Biden. All right, we're going to talk to Amber Athey. Hang on. Joining me now to talk about coronavirus and the economy and bumbling Joe Biden is the Washington editor for Spectator USA and a regular on this show, Amber Athey. Amber, Governor Kemp of Georgia steps up and says, hey, I'm going to open up these businesses. We're going to start doing things smartly. President of the United States gets up on national television, says he disagrees. I'm absolutely horrified by that, but everyone knows my opinion. What's yours? It just doesn't seem particularly helpful because the president already handed off this responsibility to governors last week. 
So if he's going to actually allow them that authority to choose when the right time is for them to reopen their states, then it's counterproductive to turn around and criticize them for making that decision. And based on Georgia's numbers uh, in terms of cases of the coronavirus, it seems like this is about the right time. Their peak was on April 14th with 844 cases. And just yesterday they reported about 30 new cases. So they hit their peak uh, a little over a week ago. And uh, in two, it's been two weeks since they had a little over 700 cases. So just based on this idea of flattening the curve, it seems like they've done that. Explain to me why he did it, at least. Look, you're not in his mind, neither am I. But you're much more in tune to this stuff than I am. Is he trying to be cute politically? Is, is that it? You know, hey, open up the states. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't up the st- open up the states so he can have his cake and eat it too. Is he getting bad advice? Why? Why do this? I think it's exactly what you said in terms of having his cake and eating it too. He doesn't want to be held personally responsible if he comes out and praises Governor Kemp's decision, and then it turns out that maybe it was a bad decision and Georgia has a second wave of the virus after people start going back to work. Uh, But again, it's counterproductive. Either the governors have the authority to do this and you're going to stand by them regardless, or they don't have the authority and you're going to try to take some kind of federal stance on this. Amber, there's a school of thought out there, and when I say that, I mean it's the way I'm thinking right now, that obviously I don't think this is some deep state leftist plot. Uh, Donald Trump has supported these lockdowns. That's a fact. But I think Democrat governors are going to use this to purposely hurt his economy. Is that way too deep? Is that way too tinfoil on your head? Or is, am I right? I can't speculate on that, but it's definitely a fact that There have been some Democratic governors, and I'm thinking specifically of Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer, that have used these lockdowns as a way to strip people of basic dignity. I mean, she's not even allowed people the opportunity to plant a garden in their backyard if they're stuck at home. It's things like that that really make people think that this is Uh, being used for political purposes as opposed to just safety because there's no safety reason why people should not be allowed to drive around in their cars or plant a garden or go fishing uh, when they're not even around other people. People have been fined for not wearing masks when they're six feet away from other people and the standards keep constantly changing. Uh, So I think it's totally reasonable for people to be upset about some of these social distancing measures, particularly when you have so many people out of work as well. Amber, I've never seen the country, look, in my lifetime, I've never seen the country so divided. I'm not going to say we've never been so divided because we were bayonetting each other at one point in time in the 1800s. But right now there seems to be this huge gap between everybody wanting to stay locked down for various reasons, some good, some not so good, and everybody saying, I'm starving to death here, let me go back to work. How does this resolve itself? Because it seems to me the people who want to stay locked down are all the ones in charge and all the ones with the mouth on TV, and everyone else is kind of screwed. How do we come back after this? It's really terrible. I don't know how we're going to fix this divide. It seems like everyone is incapable of understanding and recognizing both sides of this debate. I certainly understand the temptation to want to stay locked down indefinitely until you can prove that this virus is not going to have a comeback. But at the same time, there are nearly 30 million Americans out of work, suffering, unable to pay rent, 
feed their children, et cetera. It's a terrible situation no matter how you spin it. And I think the real problem is that we're each talking past each other instead of trying to empathize with each other's positions. And I see this more going from the lockdown people towards the unemployed people, where you have people on MSNBC calling protesters Nazis because they dare want to go back to their jobs. That is so disgusting and unproductive, and it's, it's going to be hard for um, people to forget that. Amber, one of the things we're not talking about enough out there, just because it's it's hard to wrap your arms around it and it gets kind of nerdish, and I know that's much more your speed than my speed, but the money we're spending here, we're talking four, $4 trillion deficit this year? I mean, that's not out of the realm of possibility. Maybe more, and we're just printing it like it's nothing. People don't want to talk about how that story ends, and that story ends ugly. Yeah, it's certainly... Uh, one of the biggest uh, bunches of spending that we've ever seen and could have lasting effects on the economy. It really depends on how quickly people are able to transition back to work, how well the stock market does when things start reopening. Um, these are all questions that still are unanswered. And there's been a lot of things that we haven't really fully grappled with in terms of the long-term consequences of the coronavirus, whether it's the economic impact or even the cultural impact? Is this going to change the way that people work, the way that they socialize? There's so much still that we don't know. Amber, Joe Biden is not functional, not fully functional anymore. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not saying what he has. I don't know what it is, but I have two eyes. I can see the man is not okay. He can't get through a one minute TV interview without blathering off into something. Nobody even knows what he's talking about anymore, least of all him. However, the man is up in the polls. And I understand it's popular to make fun of the polls now, but even the state polls, swing states, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Joe Biden is ahead. I don't think Trump voters and Trump fans understand how much dire trouble he's in come November if the unemployment numbers stay like they are. You're absolutely right. The economy was the number one thing that Trump was going to run on, and now he's found himself in this position of being the wartime president. The one good thing for Trump and his campaign is that if his supporters do see that the polls have Joe Biden winning, they're probably going to be more likely to turn out, even if there's still a lingering pandemic going on. Um, people, when they're up in the polls, tend to get complacent. They don't go out and vote in the numbers that they should. So this could end up being a game of turnout. Is this a, is, was this the right call, Amber? And I'm asking this not only from what we've done, but going forward. I worry because, look, there's always another pandemic coming, whether it be 10 years, 10 months, 100 years from now. We're going to get another one. That's the history of the world. We're going to lock down the country again now that we think that that's some sort of a solution. I, I just think the long-term damage of that is so bad. I just hope that when we look back at this, there's some way to empirically measure the effect that the lockdown had on the curve and the number of cases and the spread of the virus. Because we still don't know if we didn't lock down, would we see the same fall off in cases or was the lockdown directly responsible for having 30,000, 40,000 deaths as opposed to the 200 or 300,000? We still have absolutely no idea. So. My biggest hope is that we're able to measure the effect that the lockdown had so that if it wasn't something that worked, we'd never do it again. And if it was effective, we talk about ways that we can do it without destroying the economy. 
Amber Rafey, Spectator USA, thank you. I'm glad you got to talk to me today. Thank you. We have more show. Well, more me. Hang on. Maybe you don't remember back at the beginning of this coronavirus breakout, but I do. It's because my brain is so huge. I do remember all these rumors about there were these national text messages going out about there's about to be a national lockdown. They're about to ban flights. And it was really odd. And one reporter would say, no, no, I got it. I've seen it. And another one would say, this has been refuted. The federal government. Turns out that was China. Quote, text message rumors of a national quarantine are fake. There is no national lockdown. CDC Gov has and will continue to post the latest guidance on COVID-19. Hashtag coronavirus. It came from China. This came from China. Let's always remember, the virus came from China. China covered up the virus while it was in China. But then once the virus got here, once the virus got here, China was extremely invested in sowing American panic. They were. National quarantines. You can say this, you can't say that. China is loving what we're doing right now. Loving it. Their economy was, it was already in the toilet. Trump's tariffs were killing them. Guess who else's is now in the toilet? China. Yeah, we're, we're being aggressive with them. The country's going after China hardcore, but they're coming out of this thing smelling like a rose. I mean, those idiots even tried to blame the U.S. military. As you know, China tried to say at one point, maybe this stuff now, that it was caused by American soldiers. That can't happen. It's not going to happen. Not as long as I'm president. Uh, it comes from China. It does come from China. But a lot of the propaganda came from China. And during this process, let us not forget this. During the We have unemployment now. We got 40-some thousand dead, and, and it's, it's bad. Let's remember, the American media, they were pushing China's talking points, too, verbatim. Why do you keep calling this the Chinese virus? Why do you keep using this? Because it comes from China. Racist. It's not racist at all, no, not at all. It comes from China. It is Absolutely easy to scapegoat people. Racism Chinese taking place. This isn't about China. It's about us. It is easy to scapegoat people, and that is what has always happened when there have been pandemics or epidemics. This is a virus that came from the territory of China, but came from bats. This is a bat virus, not a, uh, a China virus. It's absolutely wrong and inappropriate to call this the, the Chinese coronavirus. That would, I, I assume you would agree with that. Yes, China was the first phase, Korea and Iran was the second phase, with Italy, now all of Europe. The word coronavirus crossed out and changed to Chinese. Who does that help? We don't need an enemy. We have one, the virus. Trump doesn't slide blame. This isn't about China. It's about us. What am I supposed to take from that? And we all remember the NBC News headline when China announced that they had no new deaths from coronavirus in a day. And obviously, everybody in the world knows that's horrifically wrong. That's just a big lie. NBC News reported it like it was nothing.
Let's be honest. China wanted very specific things said and not said about this virus. The American media complied. Do with that what you will. Also, on the foreign stage, briefly, Trump has announced we're going to start blasting Iranian boats out of the water if they harass us again. We don't want their gunboats surrounding our boats and traveling around our boats and uh, having a good time. We don't want them anywhere near our boats. And so you know the order I gave. I don't think I have to say it again, but I've given that order. Uh, under the Obama administration, it was taking place all the time. Under my administration, I gave this order early on, and nothing happened. They were very nice. There was no problem. But then I noticed yesterday they did that in a much lighter form, but they did that again. I said, we're not going to stand for it. So if they do that, that's putting our ships at danger and our great crews and sailors at danger, in danger. I'm not going to let that happen. And we will. They'll shoot them out of the water. Good for us. And you know what? Let's hope they listen this time. <laughs> Iran, though, they've got our number. <laughs> Quote, this is Iranian General Hossein Solima Salimi. I don't know. I, I'm not from there. I have ordered our naval forces to destroy any American terrorist force in the Persian Gulf that threatens the security of Iran's military or non-military ships. Security of the Persian Gulf is part of Iran's strategic priorities. <laughs> Look, Barack Obama's not president anymore. I, I wouldn't try that again. All right, we're going to talk to Cam Edwards. Hang on. Joining me now, one of the absolutely most sane voices throughout this whole process, and let's be honest, he's a regular on this show for a reason, mainly because he loves to talk to me, BearingArms.com, Cam Edwards. Cam, well, we'll get to all the other stuff we have to unpack today, but what about the basic constitutionality of everything we've seen? And people can, can, can argue for it or against it, whatever the case may be, but how is some of this stuff legal that we've seen, Cam? Uh, boy, that's a, a question that could take an hour and a half to answer. Thanks, Jesse, for giving me, starting me out with a simple question like that. Uh, you know, look, I think <laughs> the honest answer is uh, a lot of this stuff is not constitutional, right? That's why you've seen uh, Snohomish County, Washington Sheriff uh, Alex Fortney uh, just yesterday said, look, I'm not enforcing Governor Inslee's stay-at-home order. Uh, because it suspends constitutional rights, and, and that is wrong. Uh, you are seeing the Houston Police Officers Union saying, listen, we're not going to enforce an edict that we arrest people if they're not wearing a mask. Should you wear a mask? Yep, you should wear a mask. Are we going to arrest you for not wearing a mask? No, we're not going to arrest you for wearing a mask. Uh, you know, we are starting to see, I think, that, that return to sanity from the frontline law enforcement officers, right? Meanwhile, the lawmakers are still running crazy uh, and anything that sounds like a good idea, well, might, might this prevent somebody from getting sick? Okay, well, let's just, uh, uh, let's order people to hop on one leg for, for an hour and a half as they go to the grocery store. Uh, you know, as long as they can try to justify it in the name of public safety, uh, you know, they'll go ahead and they'll propose these things. But I am so glad that we're starting to see some sanity from the law enforcement officials around the country. We certainly are. And Cam, you know my thoughts on on the breakup of America. Actually, we haven't talked about this in forever. I haven't brought this up in forever. <laughs> the fact that I view, you know, look, it's not that I view it. Eventually, every country breaks up. Empires rise, empires fall. Hopefully, that's a thousand years from now. I'm certainly not rooting for it. But 
I have to tell you, I see a big divide right now, Cam, a huge divide in the country. On top of that, when you add the debt we're adding onto it and everything that comes on with an unsustainable amount of debt, man, I'm genuinely worried. Should I not be worried? Should it, is it all going to be okay? Do you want to hold you? Do you, you want to have a you want to have a cuddle? <laughs> do you need to do you need to let some Brian Stiller tears just drip down your face? Listen, <laughs> you you are you are right to be worried. Uh, okay, all this right. is not normal. None of this is good. Uh, the impacts are going to be felt for quite some time. I do believe we're going to get through it. But yeah, you're right to be worried right now. I, I, here's the thing, though, when it comes to you know this leading to the break of the United States, and I know you and I have talked about this before, and I'll go back to I think my objection to to your plan laying out the great divorce and where we draw the boundaries. Look what's happening right now in like a state like Georgia, where Governor Brian Kemp has said, okay, we're going to start to open things up, and it's the mayor of Atlanta who says, whoa, whoa, we're going to keep things closed. Oklahoma Governor uh, Kevin Stitt starting to reopen the economy, but Oklahoma City is dragging its heels, and they're not going to open businesses up as early as the state would allow them to do so. So I think the split isn't just between the red states and the blue states. It's it's the split between the blue parts of states and the red parts of states. And, and that, I think, is going to be a lot more complicated if you're talking about trying to divvy up the country between the left and the right. Well, I tend to agree with you there. The main split in America is rural versus urban, even though I struggle saying that word rural every time, but that's another matter. <laughs> is that split, is that divide bigger than it's ever been? Because look, I mean, city-dwelling folk looking down on the idiot rubes in the country is nothing new. People in the country looking down on the city slickers who don't know how to skin a deer is nothing new. That's the history of the world. The ancient Romans went through that. But I feel like it's really bad right now. Is that just because there's more media, more social media, or are we really heading that way values-wise? Well, most of us are stuck at home with nothing to do but argue on the Internet. So that, that's, that's part of <laughs> why I think you're seeing this. Uh, but part of it, too, I think really is that the divide is, is deep. Uh, you know, I, I'm kind of fascinated to see if we actually don't find more suburban and urban uh, Americans moving out to rural America as a result of this. You know, you look at the, the lockdown measures and you look at how bad things are in New York City, for example, compared to other parts of the country, and the idea of having a couple of acres to spread out, uh, you know, in case the, the pandemic comes back or, or another pandemic arises, is probably pretty attractive to a lot of Americans. So I. I think it's going to be interesting to see if we don't see some growth in rural America. But I'm also scared, Jesse, that if that happens, we're going to have a bunch of progressives trying to turn, you know, rural America into just a small town version of the place that they left. And that's not what it's about. When I moved from the D.C. suburbs to central Virginia seven years ago, I recognized I'm the outsider. I'm the one that's coming in here. And, and, and the, the mores and the culture of the place that I'm moving to if I find these things to be odd or unusual, well, I'm the actual odd person, right? I'm not the norm. Uh, and so there's a period of adjustment. I worry that you're, you're not going to have people with my enlightened attitude. And instead, they're going to, you know, try to change things uh, if they move to these rural areas. But I, I got to stop hanging around you. My ego is just, I'm starting to sound just like you, Jesse. I'm fantastic. Look how good my beard looks yes, right now. Well the first thing I think of when I think of Cam Edwards is enlightened. That's definitely the first thing I think of. Speaking, speaking of enlightened, I'm not saying you have a bunker. I don't want you to disclose on my show whether or not you have a bunker. If you do, I want you to keep that super secret. But if you had a bunker, what would you have in it? 
I would have, let's see, probably a few months supply of, uh, of food and water. Uh, I would have some of my firearms and ammunition. I don't want to keep them all in the hypothetical bunker because you need to have some, you know, close by. Uh, let's see, I'd probably have some books because I'd get bored in the bunker, maybe a couple of board games. And then, of course, my uh, autographed picture of you, Jesse. That's got the place of honor on the wall. Wow. Well, obviously, you need something that's worth some money going forward. So there, there would probably be nothing more than that. Cam, back to the law enforcement thing just briefly. I actually, as much as I've been against these nationwide lockdowns, I'm actually okay with especially a hard-hit area like New York taking more aggressive steps. That's the history of the world, is especially the super-slammed areas doing extra-aggressive things. I mean, geez, I think it was in Venice they used to nail people in their homes when they got the plague. It was just the way it was. But you're still asking police officers to enforce these rules. So how do I, in my own mind, merge that world of, well, if New York wants to hammer people down, that's fine, but you're still asking a New York cop to get out there and be, be the boots on the ground. You know, I, I think it's, it's difficult, but you know, keep in mind, under the 10th Amendment, uh, states do have certain powers that are reserved to them, and the federal government uh, can intrude. So. You know, we have seen a history in the United States of, of public health pandemics and, you know, local uh, localities and states do have some pretty broad leeway uh, in, in times of emergency. I think the issue is making sure that these idiotic uh, enforcement orders aren't handed down to begin with. So, yes, the states have the power uh, to be idiots, but we need to ensure that the people in charge are not uh, drooling morons and and making sure that the things that they put in place are things that a are enforceable b aren't gonna backfire uh, uh you know because you try to enforce a dumb rule against americans and what do we do we disobey right we have a long storied history in our country of disobeying dumb orders so if you want people to be cooperative if you want people to take this seriously don't be an idiot if you're an elected official show some common sense for goodness sakes I think that's the best thing that we can don't, do to help out law enforcement. Look, don't be an idiot is the only piece of advice my dad ever consistently gave me. And I, I mean, I kind of took it to heart. Cam Edwards, BearingArms.com. Thank you, Cam. Always good talking with you, Jesse. See you soon. See you, bud. Football. I'll give you a little taste of it. Hang on. It is time for some good news. I know you need it, so are you ready? I do my own sound effects on the show. That's the drum roll here. The NFL draft. It's now. We finally have an NFL draft again. We have some sort of sports. Now the Cleveland Browns can screw it all up from the comfort of their homes. Also, Tom Brady, he has escaped the prison that is known as the New England Patriots. I hate them. He now plays for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Not really a step up, but it looks like he's gonna have some help. A little tired, but Gronk reporting. <laughs> That's the, what a meathead Gronk is. Good for them. Let us hope we have NFL football again so we can all enjoy it. We'll do this one more time tomorrow. I'll see you then.
On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years was solely dedicated working on the cover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink, the guys come in, I'm gonna go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam, I give her $100. If you're with the mob, I say, hey Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation supports America's greatest heroes, U.S. service members and first responders who die or are catastrophically injured in the line of duty and homeless veterans. The Foundation's Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs honor the sacrifices made for us by the men and women who risked their lives and bodies for our country and our communities. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America with over 80 runs walks and climbs a year and dozens of golf outings and barbecues. The Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute educates kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about America's darkest day while helping our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that. Free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, and 15 gigs of data and a mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash jesse and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Again, go to puretalk.com slash jesse to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.